Hi, and welcome to Cameron's Baptist Church Sermons Podcast. We hope you're blessed by today's message. I want to read with you the scripture. First book of Kings, chapter 8, verse 38 to verse 40. And then I'll read 2 Corinthians, chapter 5, verse 10. If we are able and can have it on the screen, it would be nice. 1st King chapter 8 38 to 40 and when a prayer or plea is made by any of your people Israel each one aware of the affliction of his own heart and spreading out his hands towards this temple which is the presence of God actually then hear from heaven your dwelling place. Forgive and act. Deal with each man according to all he does, since you know his heart, for you alone know the heart of all men. Verse 40. so that they will fear you all the time they live in the land you gave your fathers. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. I'm reading from the NRSV version. For all of us must appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each may receive recompense for what has been done in the body, whatever good or evil. Father, once again, we do ask for your grace and mercy over our lives this morning. Speak to us, reveal to us this day about that terrible day of the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. I was actually been praying this week and been reading Joel chapter, well, the whole book of Joel, but uh, I got stuck in Joel chapter 3, verse 14. And then I had it in my heart until last night to preach on Joel 3, 14. But yesterday I was coming from I went to preach in a church in, in, in Fulham, a Portuguese-speaking church. On the way back, God spoke to me that I should change the subject, and he put this in my heart. Can you plea, can you pledge or plea insanity on the judgment day? Let me read to you a, an article from The Observer. To imagine a killer stalking the quiet, hopeful corridors of a hospital neonatal unit is to push back the frontiers of what many think of as evil. That a young, smiling woman in blue NHS Scrabs could carry out these crimes and somehow 
even worse. The name Lucy Letby will now be seared into the national conscience in the same way as Myra Henley, Rose West, and Beverly Allett. The 33-year-old nurse has been convicted of murdering seven newborns and attempting to kill another six, making her the worst baby killer in modern British history. She was cleared of two counts of attempt murder, and the jury was unable to reach a verdict on six further attempt murder counts relating to five babies. What turned this young university-educated children nurse into a cold, calculated, cruel, and relentless, relentless baby killer? How did she carry out such unthinkable murders within the confines of an institution designed to save the most vulnerable of, li of, of lives? And perhaps the most difficult and pressing question is why? Let me read to you, mention to you something else, another case in America. In 2002, a lady called Andrea Yates have killed her five children by drowning them. Her attorney contended that she was innocent by reason of insanity, that the killings were brought on by psychotic delusions, exacerbated by repeated episodes of postpartum depression. Even her husband, the father of the five children, claimed that she was a victim of a mental illness and therefore should not be held liable for her actions. There was a great sight of relief by many Americans when the jury ultimately rejected the defense's argument and convicted her of murder. But this case brings to the surface a disturbing trend that seems to be growing not just in society at large, but also in the church. An increasing unwillingness to accept responsibility for one's action. True repentance it's impossible without the admission of guilt. The fact makes the current mindset even more troubling as people saved and unsaved alike find multiple reasons why they do what they do. Oh, I lost my temper because I would not allow that person to speak to me like that. How dare you? I lusted up that woman because of the way she dressed. I visited that prostitute because, you know, I have needs. Understandably, there are often contributing factors of people's actions, but why has it become so wrong to say, I am wrong? I believe to be because of the progression nature of sin. I don't know what Lucy Letby or Andrea Yates or 
other like them were thinking when they committed that dreadful crimes, but this I do know. There will be no insanity pleas on judgment day. You will not be able to tell God that you're too busy providing for your family. You are too busy doing this and that. And we're not able to fulfill what you've been called to do. Which is to make disciples. Which is to witness the powerful transformation that the gospel brings into your life. There will be no excuse before God if you will tell him, you know, my wife was a difficult person. That's why I acted towards her the way I did. Or my husband, the other way around. Or I have bitten out my kids because they couldn't control themselves. I have to bring them under, you know, a very strict rule. And therefore you beat them up for nothing, for no reason. Romans 14, verse 11 to 12, it is written, As surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me, every tongue will acknowledge God, so then each of us will give account of ourselves to God. I will not give account for my wife's life or for my children's, in one sense, they will have to do it themselves. I will give account for what God has given me to do towards them. In terms of teach them, bring into maturity and teach them the word of the Lord. But he will do that to me. I will give account to God how I take care of the flock of Christ. How I lead the church of Christ. How I challenge you or treat you every Sunday to be a disciple of Christ. I challenge you before the word of God to live according to what is written here. I will be held accountable for my actions. So do you. You will also be accountable for your actions. Without a doubt, those who claim to have experienced temporary insanity when they committed some criminal act had a long history of rebellion against God that precipitated it. Because God speaks to everybody, even if those who have not heard the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Bible says in Psalm 19 that the, 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 you know, the nature, everything God created, proclaim his majesty and his glory. Creation speaks loudly as, I'm, as I minister here. Creation speaks. The word of God speaks. The fact is that we are all rebels by nature. And the only thing that any one of us can do to find forgiveness and cleansing from sin is to repent. However, before there is repentance, there must be first confession. A plain acknowledgement of wrongdoing. Because if you don't know, or if you don't confess, if you do not admit that you're wrong, repentance will not take place. Whenever we attempt to minimize the wrongness of our actions, rationalize our sinful behavior, or shift the blame towards someone else, we are, in essence, 
telling God that we are right and he is wrong. What we're doing is we're telling God exactly as I mentioned here last time I preached that God is small and I'm big. I'm just bigging up myself and putting God right there. First John chapter 1 verse 10 says, If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar. And his word is not in us. Because the lack of repentance is fatal. Will take you straight to hell. Straight to the lake of fire. Because maybe you're already living in a hell. The Bible predicts that the last days will be characterized by unprecedented evil. Unprecedented Yes, that's it. Evil and stubborn refusal to repent. I'll show you a couple of scriptures. That's not all what I'm saying. It's the scripture says that. Revelation chapter 9, verse 20, verse 21. The rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues still did not repent of the work of their hands. They did not stop worshipping demons and idols of gold, silver, bronze, stones and wood. Idols that cannot see or hear or walk. Nor did they repent of their murders, their magic arts, their sexual immorality and their thefts. And Revelation chapter 16 verse 9 and 11. I may read 10 as well. But at Revelation 16, verse 9 to 11. They were seared by the intense heat of their curse. So the heat and they cursed the name of God who had control over these plagues. But they refused to repent and glorify him. Why is that? Stubbornness. Verse 11, and curse the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores, but they refused to repent of what they had done. Don't you think we are living in such a time that we see people call evil good and good evil? Right, wrong. Wrong is right. Just before the first advent of Jesus Christ, John the Baptist boomed, repent. For the kingdom of of heaven is at hand. What does it mean? What is at hand? Within reach. Within reach. If that was the way to prepare his first appearance... Is there any reason to believe it should be any different from his second coming? No, because the the kingdom of God is at hand, is at reach. And what we're doing many times are just rejecting the kingdom of God, the reign of God, the rule of God over our lives. As we draw even close to Christ's return, let us be determined to do our best to live in, in the spirit of continual repentance. 
We have no time to carry grudges. We have no time to allow sin within our lives, in our lives. Because that will eventually and will certainly, definitely block the flow of the Holy Spirit in our lives. The truth is that I am wrong in many ways, but by acknowledging this, we allow the Lord to make us whole again. He, he allows the Lord to come and bring repentance, true repentance within our hearts. Do you know where the problem is? Do you know what all this problem is? Is within the heart. It's the plague of the heart. I wanted to stop for a minute, for a moment, and think about it. What plagues humanity? What, what Jesus said? Where comes all these, these quarrels, this war, all these things? Murder, immorality, wars. Where does it come from? From the heart. Listen, our human hearts are horrible, are terrible, and needs to be cleansed. Needs to be dealt with. The plague of the heart is more dangerous than Satan. Satan can only destroy that which has the plague in it. He cannot harm a man without the plague. If a man has a plague in his heart, that is Satan's invitation. And it is through that Satan gets at the soul of man. What you see, what's going around in the world is exactly that. There is a plague in the heart of men. When the angel of death came upon Egypt due to the plague, the only way to be saved, the only way to, to, to avoid the, the angel of death to come upon anybody, do you know what it was? It was the sign of the blood of the Lamb. People are rejecting it. So it is today. The only way that the angel of death, the only way Satan will not come and destroy your life, if you apply the blood of the Lamb within the heart that cleanses you from the plague that is destroying your life and all aspects of your life. Jesus said, the prince of this world is coming. He has no hold on me. But when the prince of this world come, Peter, he found cowardice. And when he came to Judas, he found love for money. He found the plague in those two men and he ruined one and almost ruined the other. Satan is destructive only when he has somewhere to work. Something that belongs to him. That's why I keep saying here, don't give the devil a ride. He doesn't even have a donkey to, 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 you know, to ride on. But don't be the devil's donkey. And the strange accessories of this plague of the heart is that Hardly anyone admits its presence. Oh, I don't have that, Pastor. It's, it's a very serious thing. You know, few are willing to admit that there is any plague there because it carries shame and carries fear. But there is no help 
possible until we know that is until the Holy Spirit of God has made it plain to us, clear to us. Nobody goes to the blood for cleansing until he knows he is ill, that he is unclean, that he has the plague. That's what Jesus is offering you and me this morning. A way to get rid of the plague. The terrible thing about the plague of the heart is that you can't get rid of it yourself. No surgeon can cut it away. No psychologist can probe it. It goes deep into the nature of man and you can't get at it. Nobody can help you and you can't help yourself either. It lies there incubating. Maybe it isn't very large yet, but it's growing, it's hatching, it's developing, it's getting into the, the blood streams in, uh, of your life and will soon will poison your whole being. The only way to deal with the plague is to have a blood transfusion. If your blood is contaminated, the only way to get rid of what is contaminating your blood is through blood transfusion. Your blood is contaminated with sin, with that plague. Only the blood of Jesus can run through your veins and cleanse you from within and set you free from any plague or disease or poisoning within the life stream. But the danger is that... We don't know we have this plague. It is like a chameleon. 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 It changes its color according to the situation. And it can sneak up on you. That's why you may have heard that expression, your true colors shown it can't it can't take it can take over unsuspectedly you may be addicted to something terrible that you think it's okay to have it oh it's just a drink that i have from time to time but you can't get rid of it you can't set yourself free from that drinking habit oh, i'm just smoking you can't get rid of that smoke you, you, you know, smoking, habit. Why is it taking over your life? Wh whoever, whatever controls your life is your God. It's your master, actually. Not necessarily your God, but it's your master. He masters over you. Oh, it's just sneaking here. You know? It's just going to this website here. Huh? Some pornography. Just a little bit here, a little bit there, and you're stuck in, and you destroy your life, you destroy your family, you destroy even your work, your job. It can lay its deadly eggs under the leaves of the Garden of Eden, and there it can incubate, and suddenly it appears and it spreads and bursts out into the open, into disastrous conduct and habits. Like the plague of lust. A man can work hard and, and sweat out a ministry and never know that there lies in his heart undetected. 
uncorrected and unpurified, the plague of lust. There is pride that lies in the human heart and we don't know it's there, but it lies there and incubates. I meet a lot of people who are resentful. Then there are secret sins. Then there are hidden grudges. And there is envy. One follow the other. There is no help possible except God and God alone. You will not be able to to play to pledge insanity on the day of judgment. Only God can stop a plague. Nobody can. Only God can provide you with the blood to place in, your, in, in the doorframe of your heart. So the angel of death will not come and kill it and make it die. The old writers called it the cleansing of the forgiving love of God. I like that expression. Hallelujah. It is the cleansing of the forgiving love of God. Why God should forgive me after all that I've done against him? Because he loved you. They also talked about the restoration of the moral innocence. This is what God does. That's why the Bible says you are new Creature, your new creation, you're born again. There is no, there is no past. You see, you know, you've sinned, but uh, you, you've been so completely cleansed that you feel as if you haven't. That's the work of the Spirit of God. That's the work of the grace of God. You know you've sinned, but you've sinned so completely cleansed that you feel as if you haven't. Can you have even felt that in your life? You know that you. You know, that you have and you are penitent for all your past. But the cleansing is so complete that it, it leaves you like a child again. Like a baby again. That's why this is, I said again, you are a new born baby in Christ. You know, innocent by the forgiving love of God and the cleansing of the blood. Have you ever felt that way? If you haven't, you can feel it today. Because there is enough grace, mercy and forgiveness for you this morning. You don't have to be worried about the day of judgment and plea insanity because that won't work. Trust me. What is the remedy? What is the cure? God can heal the plague. He heals it by blood and by fire. There is a word that has been lost from our Christian vocabulary. It is the word purgation or purge. You may know it in probably in the clinical sense of it. We don't use it anymore. But according to the dictionary, let me read you the, what, what this word means. And I was actually... Um, I have a phrase in my, in, my, in my office that I wrote on a piece of paper. Um, a call to anguish. A call to anguish. 
We don't have that these days anymore. They will feel so anguish because the world is lost. The people are going to hell. We don't feel that anguish anymore that we will not get up until God do something in our lives and through our lives. Like John Knox, the Scottish revivalist who said, give me Scotland or I die. Where are those types of people? Purge, the act of purging, the act of clearing, cleansing, or purifying by separating and carrying off impurities or whatever is superfluous. Same as the evacuation of the bowels. Same word. Get rid of what? It's to be got rid of. The clearing of one's self from a crime of which one was publicly suspected of and accused. It, it was either canonical, which was prescribed by the canon law, the form of whereof used in the spiritual court was that the person suspected take his oath that he was clear of the matter objected against him and brings his honest neighbor with him to make oath that they believe he swore truly or voga, which was by fire or water ordeal and by combat. And in other words, that day of judgment, when we come before the throne of God, we have been purged from our sins. And not only our neighbor, our Lord Jesus Christ will come and testify on our behalf. They will be purged from our sins because of what he done for us on the cross. Are you following me on that? We invite people to the altar to get something, but we forget that what they outmost to receive is purgation, a purging, a cleansing. Because God does not want to go the way you came in. He calls you as you are, but he doesn't want it to stay the way you are. Jesus Christ purges and cleanses and takes the plague, spot out and fix that in there. I don't know what to call this doctrine I'm preaching. Call it what you want. I only know that there is blood and fire and that I will take, that will take the impurity out and, and make you clean and keep you clean so that you not be in danger of having an incubation of iniquity in your spirit that will break out of you and will not only kill you but it will contaminate everyone around you. There is such a thing as a victorious life. That is when you got rid of that plague by the blood of the Lamb. So what we need is a refining fire to fall on our hearts to kill that plague. Some people have indulged in the plague spot and made a pet out of it. God doesn't want you to do that. You know, don't rub it off your thing. Get rid of it. Men have euphemized it and fixed it up with a nice and sweet name so that it doesn't sound that, you know, that way it used to. Oh, too bad. Many call adultery an affair. What a nice word to substitute adultery, isn't it? 
adultery. Oh, I'm just having an affair. They call murdering a child in the womb, they call it abortion or birth control. But God calls it sin and murder. We may rename things, but they are the same old plague, coming from the same old place, from the heart that has been plagued by sin. And only God can heal it. Only God can give you the way out of it. You know, I know what God can do for man because I know what God did for me. I had a temper so bad that at one time I almost killed somebody. I think I mentioned that once here with you. Another time I got so resentful of someone that made me sick. My wife knows it very well when that happened to me. I couldn't sleep, I couldn't eat. And I started to take anti-depression pills to calm me down. And I remember the doctor prescribed me one, uh, a specific one called SOS. If I have that thing, and then I had to take it, so it would come down, like giving a shot to a horse who is losing control. Thank God the Holy Spirit came and dealt with me. But let me tell you, the precious blood of Jesus and the fire of the Holy Spirit has made me a different person and a new creature. Somehow, I believe God asked me to deliver this message to you this morning. As I said earlier, my intention was, uh, until last night, was to preach in Joel chapter 3. I pray that the Holy Spirit of God will help you to identify the plague in your heart and the eggs that have been laid in the middle of the night without your knowledge or you may cultivate it without noticing it. But don't let it hatch or it will plague your entire being. God can deliver you from evil habits and evil dispositional tendencies and temper. Because he's God and he's faithful God. This experience came to me when I arrived at the place where I knew in my heart that when the Holy Spirit said to me, the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses from all sins. He meant from all sins. And that's what I want to say to you this day. So I want to conclude this message. I want to call you this morning to allow the Holy Spirit of God to search your heart. Allow Him to come into the deepest part of your soul and reveal to you what is there. What is this sin that troubles you? Honestly, look at it. What is the fear that haunts you? Do you know what it is? I would advise you to write it down and see black and white. Write it down. What is this tendency to sin that slaves you? What is this wretched indecision? Or to take action right now, Lord, I'll give you my heart and I'll give you everything. Deal with the plague within me or I'll die eventually. Only then by confessing, repenting and forgiving, the Lord can come and make you whole again. 
there was an expression of Charles Spurgeon. The first three lines I've read. You know, he said, there was never yet a person so wicked as to say that had sincerely sought the Lord and asked mercy at his hand through Christ and yet had been denied. This is when Spurgeon was preaching on the plague of the heart. No person has truly sought God in prayer, looking to Jesus Christ and has been refused and there never shall be such a person. There has never been somebody who came to the Lord in prayer, in humility, asking for forgiveness, for restoration, for healing from this plague that God turned you away without a blessing, without His touch. So pray with me this morning and ask God to get rid of the plague that is infecting your soul. And I want you to think for a few moments what is it might be in your life that is plaguing you, that is pesting the whole life, contaminating your whole being, that is hidden you to be used by God as God has planned. So we can become the church God wants us to be, the people God called us to be. So when you come before the judgment throne of God, you will not be put to shame. But Jesus Christ, the Son of God, will say, I purge this man. I purge this woman. I got rid of the plague from their hearts when they called upon my name. God will say to you, well done, my faithful servant. Enter into your, enter your Lord's rest. Let us pray together, shall we? I want you to close your eyes. If this prayer reflects the desire of your heart, you can pray with me. You may never made this prayer before. Ask Jesus to come into your life this morning. Tell him, Lord, look upon me. Oh Lord, my God, from the holy seat of your majesty, have a mercy on me. And because of your mercy, free me from this plague. You are my Savior. Heal me. And I will be healed. Save me and I will be saved. I acknowledge my present depravity and tendency to sin, Lord. Tear out my sins by the roots, I pray. You know my uneasiness and my hardness of heart, Lord. Give me peace, I pray. There is something in me, Lord, I scarce know what it is that I must get rid of. Lord, rid me of it. For Jesus' sake, for his blood's sake, for his death's sake, for his resurrection's sake, I beg you, hear me, O Lord. Hear my prayer this morning. Help me to get rid of this plague that has been contaminated. Or even, Lord, maybe something that hatching in my heart that I'm maybe cultivating Help me to get rid of it in Jesus' name. By the blood of the Lamb, cleanse me. Amen. Let's sing together a song.
as we sing this song, make a decision for the, for the Lord this morning. Don't go away from here today without saying to Him, or tell somebody, I have made my decision this morning to allow God to get rid of the plague in my heart. Thanks for listening. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. If you want more information about Camrose Baptist Church, visit our website, www.camrosebc.org.uk. Follow us on Instagram at Camrose Baptist Church and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Camrose Baptist Church Edgeware. 